Morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to Life Transformed with Robert Bolden. We are super, super excited to be with you today. This is our weekly Coffee in Christ with my awesome wife, Brenda. Say hi, Brenda. Hello. <laughs> so we are ready to go this morning. Hope you guys are having a great week. Um, looks like awesome weather in the Omaha Papillion area over the next seven, eight, nine, ten days. So let's get out and enjoy that. So verse of the day today. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. So isn't that, I mean, I just love the way that makes you feel. Yeah, I mean, the, here's the deal, right? Those, what, two sentences are so powerful if you really embrace them. The Lord is my shepherd. So that's right. Like, he's got us. He's going to lead us. Uh, he's going to provide. He's got He's got everything. I have all that I need. True. Boom. I mean, this is just really deep stuff. I know it seems really surface, but for me, this is really deep. It's very comforting. Yep, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. It's like last night we were sitting out here and it was so beautiful. And we were talking about how, look at what God has created. He wants us all to be able to enjoy all the beauty that he's created all around this whole world. So everybody should be able to travel and, and see all this stuff and bask in it. That's, that's what he created us for. So, um, you know, my mind is just continuing to be blown about that and about how we, you know, that's why he created this earth. He didn't create this earth for like people to just live in Nebraska their whole life and never go anywhere. He well, didn't create it for that. Wherever they are, there's beautiful green pastures, there's streams, you can be, you can have peace. And the world is beautiful no matter where you are. No, it is, but I'm just saying, if he just wanted, like, me to just be in Chicago, then he wouldn't have given me the imagination and the, and the adventurousness, whatever, if that's even a word. Yep. Yeah, the spirit. To want to explore and see all of the beauty that he has. So I think that's when we're in our full glory in him is when we are longing to experience all the beauty that he's created. Beautiful stuff. I love it. Okay, what's today? Today is the 11th already. Holy cow. Okay, which seat is yours? Social structure, right? Social structures fascinate me. It doesn't matter whether it is employees in the workplace or teenage girls in high school. As humans, we are always trying to determine the pecking order of who is most important. Most of the time, that pecking order comes down to something as simple as and elementary as where one sits. I guess we really did learn all we needed to learn about life when we were in kindergarten. <laughs> today's reading of Proverbs 25, Solomon talks a good deal about how to approach the social order with humility and dignity. 
I think his best advice for today comes from Proverbs 25, 6 to 7, where he says, Do not exalt yourself in the king's presence, and do not claim a place among his great men. It is better for him to say to you, Come up here, than for him to humiliate you before his nobles. I think this is really good advice because Jesus said something similar when he was at a dinner party. In Luke 14, 10 to 11, Jesus gives this great advice that echoes the words of Solomon. Jesus says, But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. I love that. That is really good. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. If something is repeated by both the wisest guy ever to live, Solomon, and the person who was the complete embodiment of wisdom, Jesus, then you know it must be pretty wise and sound advice. The reason I think that both Solomon and Jesus would address this is because they both wanted us to know something foundational for our identity. I think they would want us to know what we do and how others view us does not determine who we are. Only God determines who we are. Yes, because you know what? He knows. He knows. We can put on a show. We always talk about that. We can put on a show for other people. It makes no difference. It doesn't really matter. He really knows. If we allow our identity to be... If we allow our identity to be given to us by God, then it doesn't matter where we might rank in our social order because we already know we are loved and accepted by the only one who really matters. After you read today's chapter of Proverbs, try spending some time meditating and praying about the reality that we get our identity from God. If you would like a place to start, try praying this prayer. Father, Thank you for creating me in your image. I'm sorry for the ways I have lived outside your plan and design for my life. I invite you to redeem my life and identify to your will. Please help me see that my worth does not come from what I do or what other people think of me. Rather, I am who I am because you love me and accept me as your own. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So what do you think about that? I think it's great. Yeah. I think that I think that if you if you know who you are, you know you're a child of God. I think this is just saying it doesn't matter where you sit, at the top or at the bottom, you know, I think you just you are perfectly content wherever you are. And um, and yeah, and I just think that's a, a really good perspective. I mean I obviously I think we've all in different times in our lives to be um, the most popular, sitting in the right place, you know, especially with the kids. I remember all of those years um, with myself and watching my kids go through that, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. God gives you your true identity, not the place at the table. Everyone should have a place at the table. Yeah, I mean... When you really realize that, it's so silly. Some of the stuff that you see happening, that I see happening, and I always put it in my perspective. Because, I mean, when I was in the corporate world and everybody trying to please the boss, and I always thought, that's really so weird. 
I don't, I never felt comfortable doing that. But I think it is, if you, and I didn't even know God, but I just knew that there was something not right about honoring men or women, you know, just honoring people or when, you know, I always would live in different, we'd tra- we moved about every two years. So you'd always go and you'd move into, you know, the real estate agent. Well, you have to go into this neighborhood and da 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 da. And I'd be like, that's kind of jacked up. I mean, and I would never, but you'd see people would get their identity from their house or their car or their. And I was like, oh, yeah, I wanted to have a nice house. I wanted to have a nice car. But it wasn't so I could feel good about myself. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's what what's hitting me from both Jesus and Solomon here is, um, you know, we don't get our worth from what we do, what we have, what we aspire to do, what neighborhood we live in, what neighborhood we live in where our kids go to school, what teams our kids are on. I mean, all of that is a Satan world. Yeah. That is, whew. Yeah, you can't get your identity in that. You're right. I mean, a lot of that stuff is happens but the I think that I think the missing piece is we all we might all see it we might see everybody say you have everybody living in a neighborhood and some people get their identity from that some people just like you just live in that neighborhood that just is where they are that but it isn't because they were they're looking for any kind of status. I think it's just that the perspective just is that if your identity isn't in any of that it's in which is so much more freeing, because just imagine it is exhausting. That old saying, right? Keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. That is exhausting. And it leads to nowhere. It leads to empty relationships. It, it leads to uh, disillusionment, because there's no true, like you say, peace. And there certainly is no joy um, when you're not, if, you, if you're resting your identity in anything, being a dad, like if I look, Oh my gosh, because like the book that we do a mastermind on, True Identity, it says all those things can be taken away from you. So if you rest your identity in any of those things, it's so fragile because if that's where your identity is and it gets taken away, then you get devastated. But no one can ever take the fact that you're a child of God away from you. Right. I think that's true. I love it. So... Here's Solomon. These are more Proverbs of Solomon collected by the advisors of King Hezekiah of Judah. It is God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. I have to make sure we got our podcast going. There it is. Um, No one can comprehend the height of heaven the depth of the earth for all that goes on in the king's mind. Remove the impurities from silver and the sterling will be ready for the silversmith. Remove the wicked from the king's court and his reign will be made secure by justice. Don't demand an audience with the king or push for a place among the great. It's better to wait for an invitation to the head table than to be sent away in public disgrace. Yes, be humble, right? That's what that's saying, isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just still think it's the reinforcer of 
You don't need to wait. I mean, it doesn't matter if you get invited to the king's table or not. You are who you are. God loves you. And so I think a lot of times, what this says to me is there's a lot of times when people will kind of push into a group or into a place because they, they, get, they want, I don't know, the status of being in that group. But that's what, that's what it means to me. So don't demand an audience with the king. Well, it's like, um, I mean, if you think about it, if, if, if I were to go to uh, the president or whatever, if I was, if I was to like barge in and say, president, I need to talk to you. You need to hear what I have to say. I'm sort of making a statement that whatever I have to say is very valuable and, you know, no one asked my opinion. (laughs) president didn't say he wanted to see me so if I push my way in there to tell him something that I think is really important it kind of looks silly on me but I would you know presume that you know I would know more than you know somebody who's got more information than me that's just what for me that's what that says it's just I can't assume that just because I want to have a place or have a say in something that I'm necessarily it's necessarily a good thing Yep, so don't, yeah, don't demand an audience or push for a place among the great. Okay, so that's kind of what you were saying there. But there, here's the fun one. It's better to wait for an invitation to the head table. So what does that say to you? It just says, um, well, it's, you know, it's a lot like what we do with our, um, what we do in life. If someone's not asking, I don't tell. (laughs) You know, I wait for someone to say, hey, Brenda... What's your opinion about this? Um, and see, I'm looking at that even on a bigger scale. Let's say this person has something great to offer. It's like Jesus, right? He had something great to offer. And his message was, I'm going to sit at the back, mm-hmm. right? So that's what I'm getting from this is, if you've got something great, don't demand an audience. Don't push for a place. It's better to wait for an invitation to the head table. Witches can talk. Yeah, and especially because if if Jesus, a lot of times Jesus was speaking, but he, he was speaking to fools. They're not going to listen. So if you insist on, you know, saying, you you know, and if, and if people don't ask, they, they're not going to receive it. Yeah, so that, it does for me, we've got to kind of come full circle here. I just, I was trying to grasp, and I think it is being humble to me. It's no matter what, you know, what um, you think you know, if you're just humble about it, you'll, you'll be asked to come to the head table. You'll be asked, people will sense, people are going to know that, oh, they've got something to add. Yeah, we're saying the same thing. I like how you said what I think I know. Because I think that's what's so funny is we all think we have the answers. You know, so if I think I know something... Yeah, you never think you have the answers, do you, Brenda? Well, I I try not to, but I think probably I do sometimes. (laughs) Come on, we all do. I know I have opinions. (laughs) Yeah, that's what what I'm saying. I'm like, I think I've got the answer here. I wish somebody would ask me. But until they do, you know... well, it's all in perspective, like we've learned from Jones, right? It is like, 
so fascinating to really, you know, take this to deeper levels. Like, because you can read something like this and it's kind of on a surface, oh yes, what it's said, but then having that kind of discussion to really understand. Yeah. We you know. can really get, you and I can get into like a spiral of conversation mm-hmm. though if we're not careful. We could, we could talk on one verse for hours. We could. And it's fascinating because I think that's where the true... Um, if, if, again, you, and that's one thing that I think I love about what, when we do this is because it gets us to a deeper level of understanding of, of not only the scripture or what we're reading from the Bible, but of us and our... I always get new insight into me. It's like, oh, I had to be very careful not to just read this and interpret it from my perspective and then say, well, that's it. Drop the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I can get a lot of times we talk and my perspective gets changed or it deepens my own understanding of my own perspective mm-hmm. yeah. by just talking it through versus if I read something, I just say, oh, yeah, I know what that means. But then if you ask me, well, what does that mean? Then if I have to say it, it's like, whoa, <laughs> it's different than what I first perceived. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So just because you've seen something, this, it's so see, this is how it happens. All right? That's just what we're talking about. Just because you've seen something, don't be in a hurry to go to court. In other words, you know, yeah. you see something, you think you know it. Yeah. I want to go tell everybody this is truth. Right. For what? will you do in the end if your neighbor deals you a shameful defeat <laughs> yeah so you go and you proclaim and you're like yeah this is it and then your neighbor says well what about this you're like oh yeah oh it's so good when arguing with your neighbor don't betray another person's secret others may accuse you of gossip and you will never regain your good reputation gossip well yeah I mean you, you despise gossip I know and I I, that's, I think it's very important to remember that if you're talking about other people you are losing credibility because the, you know I, that happens a lot if I if, when I hear that when remember that story of your mom when we were in Chicago and we took her to that little bookstore slash cafe oh yeah and she was like went in there and then we did our errands and we came back and she was sitting in the way way back far away from everybody and she was like the hens were pecking <laughs> it was cackling so cackling yeah so funny it just there's nothing it's it's wasted breath it's wasted oh, time it literally just even it you telling that story it doesn't bring any it doesn't make me respect anybody it exhausts me it, yeah even you telling that story mm-hmm. I get exhausted mm-hmm. just thinking about and your mom was so exhausted too it's yeah. Timely advice is lovely like golden apples in a silver basket. To one who listens, valid criticism is like a gold earring or other gold jewelry. That's, I mean, again, we have to, it's Ronnie's sermon. Quick to listen, slow to speak. We have to really listen. That's, that's hard, you know, again. Nobody likes to have to be rebuked or to be corrected, but um, well, I think but this is saying that it's it. okay to be. Oh, it is. Because you said nobody likes it. Well, I think some people, 
You know what I mean? If they're if they've got this new wisdom, they're open to it. Like I'll give you an example. Yesterday, um, and I'm trying to get better at this. It, I, I, I'd say once you you're aware. So I was on a call with our good friend Mariah and her friend then Jamie, who we we're talking to about mm-hmm. you know the we work and all that stuff. And um, you know me, I'm just terrible with details and with <laughs> that's just not my thing so I was like well can you add her to the I'm like I don't know I I don't know how to do that and my calendar's jacked up and mm-hmm. and well you got to get that figured out and I'm like well I'm trying <laughs> so she was giving me some valid criticism right it's something and at first I was like uh and I kind of went back at her and then I'm like Okay, so I listened to what she said, and I did it. And then a few minutes later, I went and I, like, actually added this person where I should have. And I sent her a message. I said, hey, thanks so much. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah, that is this it. This is exactly that's, what I was talking about. That's an example that's of an it. That's an example of yeah. it. Yeah. So I think with me being, you know, seeing this truth that timely advice is lovely, to one who listens, valid criticism is like a gold earring. I've got, and it's a still a work in process, you know, so it's like, yeah, but now I'm aware that when criticism comes, it's like, ooh, I need to embrace it and think, huh, there's some wisdom in there somewhere. Yeah. If oh, it's right, coming absolutely. from a wise person. Right. Well, and that's the difference. And that's, but that's where you have to be discerning, but also... I mean, that's true. I mean, but there's a lot of people in that same scenario that would have just, you know, puffed out their chest and been like, who are you? I, you know, who are mm-hmm. you to tell me this? But I, what a wise person is someone who can listen to criticism and apply it. Mm-hmm. it, it but I'm, well, what I was saying is it's never fun. <laughs> it's never fun, but... Well, you it, know me. I want to make it fun. Yeah. So now I want to be on the lookout for valid criticism. I'm like, yes, that is so good. That's where I want to be, like a week from now. All right. So I can so really embrace it. Yeah. See how criticism goes. Yeah. Uh, trustworthy messengers refresh like snow in summer. They revive the spirit of their employer. A person who promises a gift but doesn't give it is like clouds and wind that bring no rain. <laughs> That's good. Patience can persuade a prince, and soft speech can break bones. Do you like honey? Don't eat too much or it will make you sick. <laughs> it's like he throws in Solomon will throw in a random thing. Don't visit your neighbors too often or you will wear out your welcome. <laughs> I always worry about that. Do you? Yeah. Why? I don't ever like Yeah, that's like okay, gotta give people their space. I really like to be like with Rob Bryant. I love being with them, but I'm like, Ooh, I don't wanna like I don't want them to get sick of us. Oh my goodness. So, okay, so I'm going to key in on the one word again. He said, I worry about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that might be too strong of a word, but it's just, I'm aware of it. I'm aware that. That's much. I'm like, there's, like, on when we do our, <laughs> our, our Sundays and things like that, I'm like, I wonder if maybe sometimes they really just want Sundays to themselves. <laughs> you guys, welcome to our world again. Brenda's thoughts can go like that, and mine never go there. Because I'm like, oh, I'm like shiny monkey. Let's just go. But there's 
there's the other insight there when you know with Brenda I'm really we're we're both and just the words we use are so important so when she said worry I just said oh what about that she said well that's probably too strong and then what did you aware so where is a where is a, a positive word worry is a negative word so being a you know and we're we had a talk just yesterday I think about and there's a great book you guys uh what to say when you talk to yourself. Life changing, I recommend that to everybody. Read it, um, give us feedback what you think, but it will change your life. And, and those little things, and, and the way that the author talks about, you're, you're with yourself more than you are anyone else. And you're constantly communicating with yourself. I mean, just thinking about that, it's like, whoa, that's true. So what you say to yourself, is basically what's gonna come out of you. I mean, it is literally how you are gonna be. So that's why, and I think you've given me permission to make, to help you with the negative self-talk. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Okay, good. So there was a great example of how, how to do it in a positive way by just asking, you know, the question, what, what about that worry? And Brenda was like, oh, Yep, that was probably a too strong a word. And she changed it to aware. And you just think about that, you guys. That makes a huge difference. If instead, in that exact scenario, like with Rob and Mariah, our friends, you know, if, you, if you're aware of it, that's a lot different than being worried about it. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Isn't that awesome? And I, and I really true. I guess worry is too strong of a word because I know. And and this is a great thing about them is they have good boundaries. So if like they needed to do something on Sunday, they would tell us and I wouldn't be, you know. So, but I'm just saying that I'm always aware of that. Like. So in other words, what you just said was there's no need to ever worry about that. Mm-mm. Because, right, it's on them. Oh, right. They've got good boundaries, so they... Yeah, but if there was somebody that didn't have good boundaries and, you know, would be like, oh, I sure wish those Boldens would give us a Sunday off, but they don't. And then, you know, so yeah, it would still be on them, but also I want to make myself aware of that. And we wouldn't, we wouldn't be hanging out with people that wouldn't tell us if we were becoming annoying. Right, that's true. <laughs> so deep. This, see, this is what Brenda was saying. We could go. Just on one line. Yes, we could go. But there's so much good stuff in there. All right. Telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with an axe, wounding them with a sword, or shooting them with a sharp arrow. Yes. Putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth or walking on a lame foot. Painful. Singing cheerful songs to a person with a heavy heart is like taking someone's coat in cold weather or pouring vinegar in a wound. Yes, I always have to be careful with that. Yes, because you're always singing cheerful songs. And yeah. it is true. It is very true. Like if if and it, and it isn't anything to do with you, but it is true. Like you are always in a positive. Well, not always, but ninety percent of the time, you are in a positive headspace. And so, since I tend to not always be in a positive headspace, <laughs> like, I can be maybe struggling a little bit, but you were so happy, and I'm just like, man, it would be so nice to be like that all the time. Dang. 
just like that first time we were walking down the mall and you were singing and I'm like are you always this happy <laughs> you're like why wouldn't I be and I'm like because it's cold it's January and your mom's in rehab no, well yeah and that's what I've been yeah and I yeah. I am being more aware because I think my compassion is there so I think what I've learned is yeah I shouldn't sing a cheerful song to a person with a heavy heart because that is that can be hard for them but for me then I just can't sing a sad song for right. someone oh, just, yeah. no I'm just talking oh, okay. this is what I've learned it's just okay I just maybe I'll sing my song or I'll hum my song or I'll you know that which is which is good because I think that's if I think you know how Jesus would want he wouldn't want me to you know go in that heavy place with them that's not my superpower no no you know my superpower not yours yeah <laughs> so that's I think yeah that's good um, if your enemies are hungry give them food to eat if they are thirsty give them water to drink you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads and the Lord will reward you that's right got enemies don't fight with them we had that talk the other day you can't you can't it does, it does no, no one good. it does no one any good Trust just me. just you know sh be godlike to them and that's just gonna frustrate them all the more which will if they get frustrated that may be a chance for them to find god and understand because they're like dang i can't even get them to fight with me what is it that they have because that doesn't make sense to me so maybe that'll be the only chance that they have to, to find God, right? As surely as north wind brings rain, so a gossiping tongue causes anger. <laughs> it's better to live alone in a corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife and a lovely home. Good news from far away is like cold water to the thirsty. If the godly give in to the wicked, it's like polluting a fountain or muddying a spring. Yeah, it's not good to eat too much honey, and it's not good to speak to seek honors for yourself. A person without self-control is like a city with broken-down walls. So that we're we're about out of time today, man. That went fast, um, but that's okay. You know, we this is how it goes when we do this. Sometimes we're you know, two and a half hours yeah. doing our devotional. Yeah. Just because we never know where it's going to take us. And you guys, that's the message, right? We're not, I think, um, you know, anytime that you're having these kinds of great discussions, it's strengthening your relationship with your yourselves and with God. And again, like we know, life transformed, right? We're all about getting people from isolation to community. And anytime two or more people are thinking together, just like you listen to Brenda and I think together, Satan cannot penetrate us. The only time he can work on us is when we're in isolation, when we're off in our own heads. Um, so, you guys, that's what we do. 
Uh, so until next time, have a great rest of your week. And, and do us a favor, subscribe to this podcast. Because what that does is we don't have sponsors yet, but we want to build this to the point where we can get sponsors, right? And then we can use those dollars, you know, to, to reach more people um, and to, to contribute um, to the good of this world. That's what, that's what we're doing all of this for. So subscribe, get it to your friends so they can subscribe. And then once we learn how many, pe- how many subscribers we need, to get a sponsor, we'll communicate that and maybe we can have some fun and do a challenge and get our subscribers up. So, I've gone on long enough. Any any uh, words of wisdom at the end, Brenda? Oh, no. No words. Just have enjoy a beautiful day. It looks like a beautiful day. Yes, so... Beautiful wherever they are. <laughs> all right. And so, Bob and Brenda, uh, from Bob, Bob and Brenda, Life Transformed, getting you out of isolation and into community. Have a great rest of your week.